win right here. Not on the field. Where we want to be at the end of the season starts with our mentality and our attention to detail today. And they leave Penn State, a person should be able to look at them and say, that's a guy that went through that program, he's special. On this episode of the Unraveled Podcast, we visit with two redshirt senior specialists who have continued to change the game for Penn State in 2021. Pleased to welcome in Jordan Stout and Chris Stoll. Gentlemen, how are we doing? What's up, Mitch? How you doing? Doing Good. very well. How are you? Good. Coming off the bye week. Here we go. Illinois coming into town. How do you guys actually take advantage of a bye week? Oh, just tons of region for us and specifically the rest of the team. I think that's huge. Tons of what? Region. What like, What does that mean? That's like cold tubs, hot tubs, uh, recovery pumps, doing supple line with Al, just getting our bodies stretched out and recovered and ready to go. Getting them bodies back to 100%. Yep. Is there? I like that. Do you have a favorite cold tub, hot tub, stretching, rolling out? I, I love the hot tub, but, you know, like, we got to get in the cold tub after practice. <laughs> That's yeah. no fun. No fun. Good for you, though. No doubt. All right. So these guys talk about football pretty much 24-7, seven days a week. So their request was to come in here and talk about stuff outside of football. And so we'll get to that here in a second. But uh, Blake Gilligan, one of your former teammates, a couple weeks back now, a week and a half ago about this time, had one heck of a day for the uh, New Orleans Saints against the Washington football team. A little stat line for you. He was the first punter since at least 2,000 to have three punts of 53-plus yards downed inside what yard line? The two. two. The three. Oh. <laughs> when you guys watch your, your former teammate and your brother succeed at that level, like what goes through your head? Uh, he was my roommate for three years. I love seeing him have the success that he's having. Um, it's all credited to his preparation and how he conducts himself. Obviously, he was able to learn for a year uh, under Thomas Morstead as he was on the IR, and then I think now he's taking full advantage of that. Which was huge. Thomas Morstead's one of the best that's ever done it. It's a great opportunity that he had. Are you guys, like, going wild when you're, when you're watching that? Yeah, I, I go crazy when I see some stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, we it was really cool. We kept seeing it pop up on Twitter, like, here's your new favorite punter, Blake Gilligan. He's like, yeah, on the NFL, like the, the page on Instagram, I'm like, what? Yeah, it was awesome <laughs> yeah, it's it kind of so surreal. Cool. Yeah, it's awesome. It's pretty cool. Justin Tucker, I forget which one of you specifically, I think it might have been you stole, retweeted a video with him on, I believe, the Pat McAfee show. Yeah. And they're talking about like kicking and his 66-yard field goal and what all actually goes into it. So I was like, hmm, that's kind of interesting because you don't even think about the aspect of all we do is see Jordan Stout's 50-plus-yard field goal. 45-yard field goal, whatever it is, but the mechanics of everything that it takes to actually get it down, break down to the science like he did on the Pat McAfee show of what it takes from the time you snap that ball to have the 12 o'clock position, be able to kick it through the uprights, leg strength 50-plus yards. All right, I'll go through my process and you can do yours. So, you know, you go out there, I always, as I'm running out, I get a, I get two dry swings. And for me, longer field goals, I think, are way less stressful. Like, if you miss those, no one really cares. It's a long field goal. If you make it, you're a hero. So I, I really i am never nervous going out there for a long field goal. But I do my do two dry swings. I get out, take my steps. I always look at where my target's going to be in the back of my stance. I look at Rafi, give him the nod, snaps it. Perfect snap from Chris, laces forward, and I just smash it through. You really don't think about it. It's always a straight kick regardless of where it's at on the field. So that's it. So my process is I get set over the ball and make sure my offensive line beside me aren't all the way down yet that way because Jordan may or may not take his time when he's getting ready to kick a field I goal. I do. I so do. 
I don't want the offensive lineman in, or myself being, you know, set, sitting down in our stance for like 20 seconds. But uh, once I get everybody down, I look at Rafi. Um, Jordan kind of has his routine where he takes three steps back, two steps four, to the right. And um, then he kind of like looks up in the air for a little bit. I don't know what he's looking at. And then that's the time where I finally get ready to snap the ball. So when, when Jordan's looking up in the air, that's when I grab the ball. Um, oh, that's when you know? Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. I never knew that. Jake Jake's quicker than you, so when he takes his two steps, that's when I grab the ball. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I like to envision that ball going through before I kick it. A little mental rep. Never works. So when he so when he's taking his sweet time, is that like a speed of play thing on the golf course? You're like, all right, yeah, let's I'm go. Like, come come on. on. I look up every time. You're not supposed to look at the the shot clock up there, whatever it's called. What's it called? Play Game clock. Clock? Play clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing. Uh yeah, I look up at that and it's like six seconds. I'm like, oh God. <laughs> then I'm like, okay, go, go, go. <laughs> so what are you looking at when you look up? I pick a target behind the goalpost, something that I can aim for. Is it like a target in the net, or is it like somebody in the audience, a pole? It can be anything. It can be someone up there jumping up and down. It can be a letter on the scoreboard. It can be, I don't know, anything. How early do you pick that out? Uh, So I take my steps, take two back, and then I like lean back in my stance, and that's when I look up and pick a target. And then I (sighs) relax, look down at Rafi, and give him the head nod. But it's much slower than that. It's not as fast as what it gets. I'll give you a little real time. So let's pretend I'm back in my stance. One, two, three. Okay, now I'm good. That's about how it is. That's more realistic. Yes. But like in the actual game, game. (laughs) it feels like it's (laughs) nine years. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're you're warming up, obviously you're sitting there, you're picking your targets, you're going through your pregame routine and all that stuff. But is there ever a day where you're like, "I I could hit from... 60 I could hit from 50 whatever it is I think every time in warm-ups we've had really good conditions this year besides last game and I'm always like hey coach like I was hitting from 65 warm-ups like I'm, I'm, I'm good from 70 in the game and he's like Jordan come on like realistic I'm like I'm, I'm being realistic <laughs> and he, he always like okay and then a lot of the time he he tells Franklin that and then Franklin decides from there yeah. so Franklin ends up making the ultimate call on the, yeah, uh, that's just on the example. situation I'm not saying it's 70 every time I'm just saying like that's that's what I'll do. That's it's, it's far. It's always far because I'm always so amped up in the game. That's before se- the game, like coach, like I'm hitting the ball well. <laughs> the 70 yarder that you put on your social media feed, I yeah. believe it was Twitter. Yeah, that's back when I first got here. Was was that like legit 70 yards? Yeah, it was. There's no wind too. It's just uh, when I was prep- <laughs> prepping to come here. <laughs> Relax. That's when I was prepping to come here. What do you think you could hit from? Ah, uh, I don't know. I really don't try behind that because there's no use. It's never gonna happen. Unless, you never know, it might happen. It'd be pretty cool. Uh, I don't know. My max would probably be, I, I can't even tell you, to be honest. You think he could do 66? In a game? Yeah. Give me a little win behind so my So, like, when you're, talking <laughs> about like, when you're talking about trajectory for a 50-yarder versus, like, a 35-yarder, I think this is something that people don't necessarily realize all the time. 35-yarder, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but you got a little more leverage to be able to put up in the air versus correct. more distance. You're like... Correct. V-line. And the thing you're supposed to do, unless it's like a 70-yard field goal, you're supposed to hit every ball the exact same, and that's what kickers do, just so there's no margin of error. If you're hitting 70% every single time, then you should know where it's going to go every single time, opposed to when you're trying to hit 95%, sometimes you might miss the spot on the ball you're supposed to hit, and then you shank it. So that's the reason. (laughs) Is there a difference in a ball? Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. How? Why? Okay, so... High school balls are all pretty pretty much the same for the most part. You get to college, and it's all based on the quarterback, what they want. Um, like when we were with Trace, when I was here with Trace, uh, my first three years here, 
he liked the smaller balls. The worst ball in college football to kick. For kickers, it's pretty bad. But they're <laughs> kind of more pointy, and so the sweet spot for them is a lot smaller. This year, we've used the next best ball, which is a little bit fatter, um, not as pointy up top, and so the sweet spot's even bigger. Still not the best, but it's not the worst either, and I'm very happy with the ball yeah. we're using. And, and then also, Sean likes it kind of broken in in games, and it's just it's phenomenal. Really nice. And the, obviously, the, the best ball is the NFL ball. Correct, just because it's... Uh, what's the word I could use? Um, uh, thick. Lumptuous. <laughs> uh, I mean, b- w- the one thing I always talk to Blake about is he was super jealous when we switched balls this year. Yeah, because Blake tried to switch the balls every year he was here. And it's not that Sean wouldn't switch. Like, he just never really had an opportunity. And even for me in twenty, the COVID year, before that, Sean was going to switch in spring ball. And then we didn't have spring ball. So then the whole last season, I had to use that ball as well. And then this year... I talked to him again a little bit. I'm like, hey, like, let me give you like three balls and let's like see what you think about them. So he went to Jay. He got three balls. He got one that was like the one we used two years ago. One that we're using now. And then with Trace, one. right? No, yeah. No, the, yeah, the first one you were talking about. Yeah, the Trace. first one was Trace. But then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he got the one that was the vapor one, which was two years ago. Last year, or no? Then he got the one that was in the middle, which we're using now. And then he got another one that was like an NFL ball. It was like way bigger. And then he picked the middle one. And, and I started using it, and I was like, oh, wow, this is much better. That's huge. So you legit, both of you, have to adjust based off of what the quarterback wants year after year. Yes. Correct. That's insane. Do you feel like your results are affected based off of the ball? Like if you go back two, three years, you were talking about Trace's ball is much skinnier, the sweet spot's much smaller. Now you got a ball that I'm assuming it plays a factor both punt and field goal game. Yeah, this past year I worked a lot harder on everything because I didn't have the success I wanted last year. But, I mean, it goes to show, like, my average, my punt average last year was, what, 42, something like that, 41? 41, I think. And this year, right now, it's 49. And I'm not saying that's completely the ball because I, I took this offseason way more seriously than I ever have, but it does make a difference. Why'd you take it more seriously? Because I didn't have the success I wanted last year. Like, I just, I, I felt awful after last year's season, the performance. It was, it was pretty garbage. Uh, and then I just, I, I almost, like, Put it down to a science like every little thing i'm like okay what do i need to do to make myself successful from the ball drop to my leg swing to this everything field goal punt kickoff how much do you guys actually read into the numbers that coach lorig does with you guys pretty much every single day it seems like everything's charted everything's got a reason for it and so on we just started that and it's i think it's made a big difference just seeing where we're at it's a confidence booster almost because if you went through all of camp and you had no idea what percentage you were, you kind of just have to be like, oh, yeah, I made most of them. But now that we have the exact number, we have where we missed from. So at the beginning, my spot was like, this was back in spring ball. My spot I was missing from was like left hash 47. And I missed from there like three times in a row. And we were like, okay, that's my weak spot. Let's move on from there and kick other places. But that was then. I'm, I'm good now. <laughs> like that. All right. Let's get away from the game of football. We're going to go random topic generator for those that are avid listeners of the Unrivaled podcast. You know exactly what this is about. So basically, I got a random topic generator, hit a button, and then it's a topic that comes up and you guys discuss amongst yourself. It can be literally anything. It can be a question. It can be a word, whatever. Sound good? Yeah. All right. First one. Whales. Whales are pretty big, right? Mm-hmm. Um, swim in the ocean. I see a bunch of TikToks on uh Orca whales. Orca whales. Why? Because, like, what What for? Like, 
there was a TikTok where, um, like, a boat was just out there in the middle of the water. I don't know why. And a seal, like, jumped onto the boat and was just, like, hiding from all these orcas. Oh, I saw that. Saw that? Yeah. I saw that. Like, all these orcas are, like, swimming around. Like, I'd be yeah, the lady, to death. the lady was like, oh, God, oh, God, you got to go. You, you got to go. go. <laughs> you, you have to go. You can't be here. Oh, my goodness. I don't know what to do. Where did you come from? Three large orcas. It's just swarming. Just around swarming. I would have lost my mind. She was pretty calm under the circumstances. Yeah. At first, she was like, wow. And then she's like, whoa. <laughs> you got to go. <laughs> what year were you guys born in? 98. 98, yeah. Uh, I'm a day older than him. Yeah. What? Today's August yeah. 3rd. Mine's August 4th. I didn't know that. Yeah. 98. Okay, so you guys remember what pencil sharpeners are, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we're fifth years. We've, we've been through this. What was your routine going to the pencil sharpener in elementary school? Oh. You, did, you, did you have the uh, the rotating one? Yeah. Yeah, I always... <laughs> okay, so I did one, two, check it. And if it was uneven on one you side, do I'd not flip remember. it. And I'd <laughs> you do not remember. Yeah. You do? Yeah. Uh, I don't really remember. One, two, flip. One, two, flip. I don't remember my exact process. Usually I got up. I had ADHD when I was younger. I guess I still have it. I don't know. I was way more wild then, though, and I would get up just because I wanted to get up. Like I was tired of sitting down. I would just like it, let's say I start with a full pencil. <laughs> I get that. I would sharpen that thing until it was almost halfway down. It was almost like a race. I was like trying to spin it as fast as I could, and then I'd have like half a pencil. I'd break a little sweat and I'd go sit back down. <laughs> you know what the absolute worst was was when you were like sharpening it and then it would snap. Yeah, yeah and you're like, to, oh, get it out. And you snap. have like some little girl behind you, like, can you hurry up, yep. please? <laughs> All right. It's always one. Yep. All right. Next one. Why don't hockey teams just hire 800 pound goalies? Um, you answer this. I, I, I think they should after hearing that statement. So there's an aspect to hockey where goalies have to be mobile enough to get the puck when it's cleared down to their end. If they need to make a pass straight up the ice, if they need to stop the puck from rimming all the way around the boards, um, so they need to be able to move. If you stuck an 800 pound uh, goalie just right in the middle, yeah, they might stop a lot of shots, but they can't move. If you know, if the team is down and they need to pull their goalie, I mean, what do you do? Just get a train. But if he's 800 pounds and he can sit in the goal and like there's no goal, I mean, that has to be illegal, right? That's not illegal. Well, then I mean, no. Let's just go back. Like you, a goalie, 800 pound guy would be big enough to cover that whole goal, right? Probably like how, with the pads. Yeah. How would you score? You couldn't. So you'd always win. There's got to be like a little pocket, right? There's something. Well, also, I mean, <laughs> have you really thought about this? If I feel like a, he he's has. a hockey player, but I if, haven't. If he moves at all, then how long does it take? Why him to would get he to have to move? Side? He could take a net back there if he There's wanted no, to. I'm trying to picture an 800, <laughs> 800 pound person playing hockey. The net is six by four. Okay. So he would, he could lay down, and he might cover over there. Wow. He might. Wait, you played hockey? Yeah, yeah, for 18 years. What position? Uh, Everything. I didn't know that. 18 years? Yeah. Why didn't you play it moving forward? Uh, I actually, I wanted to. Uh, my eighth grade year, uh, so I always kind of played basketball and hockey in the same season, so it was always kind of a grind, but I never missed any hockey practices. If I was going to miss anything, I'd miss basketball. Um, and it, I think it was my seventh or eighth grade year, Basically, um, something happened with the parents, and I was forced to either quit hockey or quit basketball. And I was going into high school at the time, and 
at the level of hockey that I was playing at, you either go to high school, like a private high school, and, you know, play football, do whatever, or you go to public school and you miss 90% of the school year because you're traveling for hockey. Uh, and since I had not played football to that point, I really wanted to try football. And so I went to private high school and played football and played basketball in my freshman year. So you went to a rival high school? Private. Oh, private. Yeah, I sorry. thought you transferred. No, no, no. Uh, I'm talking about eighth grade going into freshman gotcha, year. Got you, got you. I ended up playing football and basketball that year. But then um, really – Bigger, I, I played center at 6'2", which is awful. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but at the time, when you were 8th grade, like you probably Yeah, didn't. I haven't grown since 8th grade. <laughs> That's wild. But was You five. haven't grown an inch? I was 5'3 no, no. I was, I think I was five, three in 8th grade. I swear, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. What are you now? 6'4". 6'3". 6'5". Could be 6'6", six, six, you know. Uh, right shoes. <laughs> anyway, back to my story. <laughs> I uh, played basketball JV my freshman year, but then... Really, just there was a guy in front of me in my class who was six seven. I was like, I'm not going to continue to play. Like, I'm not going to play. So I just went back to and I played high school hockey for the rest of my high school career. Is was, hockey big in Ohio? Not as big as it is Michigan and Minnesota and Wisconsin. He's, but, pre- he's pretty good at lacrosse too. He's a multi sport athlete over here. How many sports did you play? Football, basketball, lacrosse, and then. My last three years was football, hockey, lacrosse. I didn't even have lacrosse or hockey where I was from at all. Dang. That's crazy. All right, let's do two more of these. Second to last one. Why is it called after dark when it's really after light? Huh. Interesting question, Mitch. It's a thinker. (laughs) Came up with that myself. Did you actually? No. (laughs) (laughs) After dark. Like after... The sun goes down. After, it should be after light. Yeah. So, I mean, the question, it shouldn't be. The answer. The answer is it shouldn't be. I would like to research this and see who became who came up with that. Okay. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last one. Here's the situation. Okay. We're in a forest right now. Oh, gosh. It's just three of us. Okay. We've got enough supplies to make a campfire. And we've got one, one meal's worth of food. Is this going to come down to one of us eating each other? I don't know. I don't know what's about to happen. I shouldn't finish. Okay. Out first. (laughs) What would you do if a bear came up to us in the midst of the forest right now? Like right now, boom, we're in the forest. We have fire, just enough food for us. That's it. One meal. Uh, Question. um, If. You, th- see, <laughs> this is the problem. The bear would have already just smoked us because Stol- uh, Stout's over here got questions. Uh, um, the food, can you just throw it to the bear, but then we, we wouldn't have food. Cor- correct. Here's what we do. If the fire started, that means there are sticks or, and or logs in the fire. Oh, easy, we easy take boy. those sticks, we sh- attack the bear, all three of us <laughs> pinching in from one side, we kill the bear, eat it for food. You have to stand up real big and like just like. <gasps> if it attacks one of us, then we sacrifice one of them, probably me because I'm the slowest, and then everyone else just leaves and runs. <laughs> I mean, we we can't sacrifice anybody. No, we just have to. Are we going like at the bear with the sticks on fire? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, surely we the bear would just like freak out and run away, right? I don't know. Have you ever seen a bear? Plot twist: There's In two the bears. Zoo. Then what? There's two bears? Yeah, then what? Oh, we're, we're done for. <laughs> if you're going to a zoo, what's your favorite zoo animal? My favorite animal is a polar bear. Oh. Uh, and the Columbus Zoo, which is a very pristine zoo. Wow. May add. Um, you put the title on there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they have a couple, they've always had a polar bear 
as long as I've been alive. So it's always kind of cool. I stuff. like the 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 gibbons, the monkeys. They go ooh ooh. <laughs> <laughs> when I was younger, when I was like eleven, I was I was a hyper little dude. I love those monkeys. I what just, are they called? What monkey? Gibbons, maybe. I don't think that's right. Gibbons? I, yeah, I'm gonna look it up real quick. Gibbons. Ooh. <laughs> they were wild. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Gibbons monkey. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a thing. Oh wow. Are you, are you you found some? Got it. Yeah, that's it. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> Chaos. Looking back on it, it's kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gents, appreciate you stopping by on this edition of the Unravel Podcast. Good luck the rest of the season. Thank appreciate you. It, Mitch. Thanks.